Just a couple of hunky chaps having a kiss. My fellow players are given a subject matter and have to find the weirdest, coolest or funniest story on that subject. Our stories will be scored by our head judge and the winner will be revealed at the end of the episode. I'm Chris and joining me today, just recovering from his poop transplant, it's Chucky. Yo! And in a bit of a change to the norm, reading a story for us today, it's our normally head judge Joe as a player. Hello! And joined by a very special guest today, all the way from over the pond, it's Jen from What I Had Heard Was. How are you doing, hello, Jen? Hello, hello. Oh, hi, I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, thanks for joining us. Uh, very nice to have you here. Big fan of your uh, podcast. If if you could just tell the listeners a bit about what you do. Um, this this season we're doing women to remember. It's women who've been forgotten uh, through history. A lot of them, and then also we do our midnight edition, okay. which is just anything pearl clutchers won't talk about at the dinner table. <laughs> Oh, it is a, is a really good podcast, so I recommend checking them out, definitely. Uh, Jen, if you could give us today's subject and how it will be scored, please. So this will be, yeah, an episode on hijinks rated 1 to 10 ham. And who's going first? Chris will go first. Okay. In our lifetime, it's safe to say the vast majority of us have pulled a prank or hijink that may have gone a little too far. For instance, as a young teenager, me and a friend started a string of prank phone calls to a local restaurant using a Jack Nicholson soundboard, which ended up with the owner getting a bit upset and challenging us to a sword fight. But this is pretty tame in comparison compared to some of, some of history's more outrageous pranksters. And I think this goes to show that people can be appointed to the, some of the most important positions in the world, but if they have that flair for hijinks, that never truly goes away. Abraham Lincoln, for example, 16th president of the United States, when once saw two youngsters playing with an inflated pig bladder, the 1800s answer to the modern day balloon, he told the kids that they would get more enjoyment out of their toy if they heated it on the hotel's fireplace. When they did, the bladder exploded, sending hot coals flying across the room. When Lincoln tried to help sweep them up, the broom caught fire and he nearly burned the hotel down. Lincoln wasn't the only prankster president. One night, when he was 10 years old, young Franklin Roosevelt snuck into his nurse's room and slipped some effervescent powder into her chamber pot. When she used the pot the next morning, the urine steamed and bubbled violently, making the nurse think there was something seriously wrong with her health. It seems that world leaders have a pretty notorious habit of being pranksters. Would you believe that ex-UK Prime Minister Theresa May once ran through a field of wheat? Fucker. Of course, leaders aren't the only ones who have a penchant for trickery. History's most revered twat, Thomas Edison, was known for pulling pranks such as wiring a drink of water to a high-powered battery, shocking anyone who attempted to take a drink. But as we know, not all pranks go to plan and can even end fatally. John Ahrens probably didn't intend the tra tragic consequences of his prank. Near Nashville in 1896, he thought it would be hilarious to disguise himself as a tramp with a white mask to scare his wife. He knocked on his front door to greet her and asked her to start cooking dinner. She fainted immediately and died within the hour. There have only, they had only been married a few months and Aaron's became overwhelmed with grief. So be careful the next time you see small boys playing with an inflated pig bladder because some light-hearted intentions could end up a lot worse than intended. Have you pulled any hijinks that have gone wrong? Let us know at Weird Thing Pod. So I think that should be nine hams because it was educational and you also said twat. Yeah, but it's so. What is the American pronunciation of twat? It's twat, twadder, or twat. 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 Even though it's an A and not an O. Twat. It's, 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 like it's one of those silent A's that's also an O. Yeah. 
Well, so I, I still think right, so. Yeah, getting yeah. back to the main issue at hand here. So, yeah. so some kids are kicking about a pig bladder, but yeah. somebody's had to inflate as well. And the I bladder isn't even was... the most fun one, is it? I mean, like lungs are easy to inflate, whereas a bladder, you know. No, but like it wasn't a bladder an early form of football rather than a balloon. I thought. Yeah, yeah, but without like some sort of leather casing, sure, it'd be really light, and it would just like sort of. So like a flyaway ninety-nine p when you yeah. get to the beach, you punch it and it drifts off into the sea, and then you cry. <laughs> <laughs> They did blow up lungs as well, but they just use them as them like neck things you wore on airplanes. <laughs> I think in the I think in the true story of Castaway, there was not Wilson. I think it was a bladder that he had with him. Exactly. <laughs> he just had on his person. That was yeah. fortunate, wasn't it? It's like emergency, emergency bladder. Yeah. For... Right. Right, and then Lincoln's like, no, I'll tell you what, lads will be fun. Put it in a fire. <laughs> and then he followed them as well to watch them put it in the fire. I mean, like, of course, that's kind of the beauty of, like, telling somebody to do something that you wouldn't otherwise no, do. but then it explodes, covers said children in scalding hot ash, and he's just laughing <laughs> with his big fucking hat on. <laughs> he don't care, he's president. He can just, just get up and killed. So, so he was president at the time as well. <laughs> Could have him killed. <laughs> That's what he was trying to do, surely. So put it in the fire, stand stand right close to it. It's yeah. really funny. Crash you your eye to, to the bladder. <laughs> <laughs> I put my tongue on it, why didn't you put yours on it? Oh. But somebody still had to inflate it. So I'm like, you know... Oh. Yeah, but you, you must have done like swimming at school where you have to inflate your trousers to like decide a consistency of a speedboat and then like, yeah, you've done that. Everyone's done that, yeah? No? Inflated my trousers? Yeah, you have to jump into the pool. Not your trousers, like your pajama bottoms. You have to jump into the pool. With this is getting worse. So what sort of swimming pool have you gone to? I've swimming in my pajama bottoms. No, it's if you, if you right? Ah, oh, this is like bronze. In case you fall school. out of bed into the sea. Just what? because they don't want you going in there in your school outfit, do they? Your uniform. So you had to go swimming. You so, took your pajamas so with trunks, you. The only next logical explanation <laughs> is your pajamas. You had your trunks on underneath. It wasn't pervy, right? <laughs> but why wear the pajamas at all then? Because it was survival. It was survival. So it's if you fell in, if you were wearing your normal clothes, oh, walking down past a canal or a lock or a fjord or an inlet, right? And you fell in, you'd be like, oh, I'm drowning. Hang on, I remember this from the bath. Take your trousers off. Not the ends of them up, inflate it, and then you've got like a, a rudimentary sort of life support system. Is this it's a real estuaries or uh, not moving water, fortunately. It doesn't work in moving water. <laughs> you just get dragged down to the bottom of the... <laughs> it's a real thing. It's, oh, man. Yeah, How do you inflate them? With your breath. You just blow real hard. With your breath. <laughs> no, that's nonsense. You tread water, and because they're wet, it sort of acts as a sealant. Around. I, I genuinely remember doing this, and we have to dive in and rescue a brick from the bottom of the deep end as well. <laughs> rescue a brick. Drowning brick. Because, you know, if you're going to rescue anything, it should be a brick. Well, they're not going to throw a child in there, are you? To do your bronze survival swimming. Throw a baby in. See if he makes it. It's That's not going to happen, is it? They're throwing kids in there in their pyjamas. You need to know how... I wasn't throwing. It was voluntary. <laughs> <laughs> I still call bullshit. Right, I know it's that boy. Anyway. Well, well, yeah, yeah, there's, there's still more to unpack it. So there was a white mask. This and, guy? Yeah, yeah. Like, what, how, how did that work? Like, I, I still can't imagine opening the door and seeing somebody wearing a mask. That's so spooky. Like, because he, he said, oh, you know, put dinner on. He was a tramp and, as well, not just the white mask. So wait, like oh, a, wait, wait. I'm so confused. So was it him or was it somebody else who he no, got he, to wear a mask? He dressed up as a tramp with a white mask. Oh, Okay. Right. They'd been married a couple of months. It was already going off the boil. To keep it spicy, he was like, 
I'm going to dress up as a tramp. She'll fucking love this. Right? <laughs> and then we can live out that tramp dinner fantasy that she's always had. Um, <laughs> the door, she's like, oh, no, it's come true. Carks it. Yeah. I don't understand why at any point. It, it's like if, any, if you're dressing up like a tramp, you've gone wrong somewhere. I just, yeah, I can't imagine that thought process. I know it'll be really good. I'm going to tramp myself up. Wait, this isn't good enough. I know a white mask. That'll just be the cherry on top. Well, otherwise she'd known it was him and she'd be like, Derek, pack it in, right? But with a mask, it's an air of, ooh, eyes wide shut, isn't it? Yeah. I want to know what was in his little rag on a stick thing in there. Like, just <laughs> his little bindle. bindle. His bindle, yeah, just a load of lube. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I always thought homeless people were carrying a, a bunch of lube with them. Just to make quick escapes. <laughs> <laughs> so they can ice skate on time. <laughs> and yeah, Thomas Edison, massive bellend, always a bellend. And also his pranks didn't seem like good-natured pranks. They were like spiteful no. ones. Yeah, like yeah. Electrocuting a cup. Yeah. Like, oh, you're really thirsty. Take take a sip. Go on. A day. Yeah. Let me watch. Yeah, do it. I know you've done something to it. No, I haven't, honest. Why are the two wires going into it? No reason. No reason. <laughs> Why is this arc of electricity passing between the two sides? <laughs> so that thing in high school, someone offers you a drink, they go, Yeah, I do want some coke. I've not done anything to it. Yeah, that, that always instills that, trust, doesn't like, it? What the fuck have you done to it? Yeah, but again, that's the double bluff then, isn't it? Right? You see, because then you can I haven't done anything to it, but you'll never get to, I don't have to share it now, see? It's not the juice. Just don't the offer squeeze. the coke. Yeah, yeah, just to be fair. It's, it's like you get a sip of coke <laughs> or the worst that could happen. Someone's like gozzed in it. Yeah. Um, oh, that's yeah. A, a, a mid-90s slang for spitting in something. Spit, yeah, sorry. Our American <laughs> guess. Uh, spitting. Manchester term for spitting. Your term for spitting. Oh. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Jen, who's next, please? Joe. <clears throat> I don't know Joe? <laughs> Okay, then. When I think of hijinks, the image that springs to my mind is boisterous fun at a party, a shindig, or a hootenanny. So please, come a little closer while I tell you the tale of Mirtha Vethus and a party that some would say took boisterousness to its very limit. On the 6th of September, 2012, the 15-year-old girl from the Dutch town of Harren sent out 78 invites via Facebook to attend her birthday party on the 21st. Yeah, I know. Facebook, but it was 2012, so I don't know. Let it go. She left the invite public so that her friends could invite a few of their other friends, and it would be all fun clogs, windmill, and tulip-filled evenings. What she failed to take into consideration, sadly, that her friends were teenagers, and therefore idiots. The public invitation snowballed, with one friend alone sending out over 500 invitations to other people. In little over two days, this number had racked up to an estimated 16,000 people. Mirtha, being a smart kid, informed her parents of her error, and they deleted the invitation and probably had a delicious pastry to celebrate. But the internet had other ideas. Two men, one in New Zealand and one from Berlin, known only as Iber de Führer, because of course he fucking was, set up clone <laughs> Facebook pages and Twitter accounts and were referring to this event as Project X Harem after the film Project X, where an online party goes, it's not as sexy as you think it is. The number rose and rose to approximately 24,000 attending guests, and Mirtha's parents hastily informed not only the police, but their neighbours, uh, with a letter that was then quickly leaked online, adding more fuel to this fire. The police decided to clamp down on anyone who showed up and moved Mirtha and her family out of the area as the numbers threatening to descend on the town were huge and they were in the mood to party like Hans Christian Andersen was still alive. <laughs> By the afternoon, on the day of the party, a few hundred people had shown up 
But in the early evening, mostly they had faded away, annoyed that this mega party was not happening. But don't worry. At about 7.30, thousands of youths poured into the town, and by 9 o'clock, a full-on riot had begun. The kids smashed it up big time, destroying cars, bikes, shops, windows, and anything in their path. Riot police were dispatched and found the youths actively seeking confrontation with them, leading to 36 rioters and 15 police being admitted to hospital with cuts and head injuries. All told, the damage for this 16-year-old's birthday party was estimated at 1 million euros and led to several arrests over the preceding days. Later, a formal investigation was launched which found the three facts leading to this riot. Hooliganism did not play an important role. Alcohol, however, did. <laughs> and, more presently, the mayor, Rob Batts, took the blame for the entire thing. Murtha never celebrated any more birthdays online after this and has gone up and this phenomenon has also happened in several other European towns. Moral of the story, don't use Facebook. Amen. Amen. Wow. I mean, imagine getting put into witness protection just because you posted an invite to your 21st party. And in 2012 as well. I mean, 2012, Facebook was still cool, wasn't it? Well, uh, yeah, but I imagine that there's a lot more users of Facebook now than there was back then. I think there's, I read some finding statistic that there is more dead Facebook users than there are. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my yeah. days. Yeah. Oh, isn't that a little fun fact to squeeze in? Right. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's, um, this isn't the only time this has happened. There's been several other incidents. I mean, there was one in Britain, but this was the biggest one I could find of just the sheer amount of damage that was caused by yeah, 18, 19-year-old kids just tearing it up in this tiny, tiny Scandi town. Well, I think it is just the Beastie Boys who did say, living in the moment. you got to fight for your right to party. I know, but again, it's the, jer- the jerk-offishness of it as well, <laughs> of just, like, why? Yeah, I know. I mean, like, so because obviously you see the invite, it gets like how many thousand people looking at it, and then it gets taken offline. And it's kind of like, you know, it's like what's stopping people just gathering at any address? You know, I mean, it's just she made a mistake, she deleted it, and then somebody duplicated it. And it's kind of obvious, well, it's not really happening. So, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, well, maybe I'm just old, but a little dickish to actually turn up and then to actually start destroying stuff as well. I think that was the aim all along, was that they were... I mean, when it happened in Britain, they tore this poor kid's house apart. Wow. Because, you know, like when you see it in, in, in films and there's like a house party and people are, you know, yeah, people making... jumping off the roof, passed yeah. out on the lawn, and then the police show up and they're like, shit, it's the furs, and then they all yeah. scatter. And then... I think they wanted their own version of that, but didn't know how to do it. <laughs> Got drunk on Advocar or whatever other Dutch liquors were available. And yeah, just 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 actively seeking confrontations with the police. Though I think of the five thousand police officers that were dispatched, half of them were riot officers. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I bet that I bet there've never been that many people in the town at one at any one time <laughs> before that. Uh, only for their annual clog festival. <laughs> yeah. Biannual. Do do they cite people over there? You got to pay if you do something wrong. Um, I don't think they did for her because she informed them like this is what we've done. It's gone wrong. Um, It's not illegal to just post an invite on Facebook, is it? That should be an okay thing to do. The mayor, people who showed up, like they could be cited here and they would be charged, and so the city would get some of their money back. Yeah, a lot of them uh, either handed themselves in or were were arrested, and were I think some of them did prison time. A lot of them got community service to like help rebuild what they'd destroyed and stuff like that. It was a lot of people did like suffer for it. 
What about the online guys? What's he called? International International Iron the Fuhrer, yeah. Yeah. Germans. But um, no, because they did nothing wrong, technically. It's the internet. It was still the Wild Wild West then back then, weren't it? But oh, um, yeah. back in the new grounds and yeah. But the the the, 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 like, the weird thing is it was like the local news sort of played up to it and were like this. And the mayor genuinely wanted to hold like a big party and they'd earmark this bit of a park for it and stuff. And then the police were like, You're not fucking doing this. Like we don't have the resources. Horses, and he went and he like at the 11th hour sort of pulled the entire thing but yeah. it was still on the news as this is happening so oh. that's why he basically took the fall for it all because it was kind of his fault wow power of yeah, the internet well yeah. the moral of the story is don't use facebook right yep but i'm only going to give you six hams because you described my nightmare and you didn't say twat so <laughs> oh, i'm going to change all my preceding stories now. <laughs> Chucky. Alright, so, hijinks and hijinkery elicit thoughts of playful pranks you might play on friends to garner some kind of response from them like, what are you like? Or, you absolute menace. However, in history, there have been some rather ballsy attempts to sneak a sunrise past a rooster, so to speak. One such case <laughs> is that of the fabled Great Bottle Hoax, which started out as a wager between two noblemen, the Duke of Portland and the Earl of Chesterfield, in 1749. The alleged story goes that these two gents were discussing the general gullibility of the public, and the Duke bet the Earl that he could advertise something that was plainly impossible, a man jumping into a quart bottle, which is like a bottle that can hold a litre of fluid, and that they'd still be fooled who would pay handsomely to watch. The Earl accepted the bet, and to risk sounding too clickbaity, what happened next will shock you, you twats. I'm okay. uh, <laughs> The Duke placed an advert in the newspaper describing a night filled with incredible performances from an unnamed performer. It was claimed that this guy would take a walking cane and would play any instrument on it. I'm guessing like some kind of flute, but you know, making a piano sound. Uh, it was also claimed that he would jump into a wine bottle, after which he would sing, allowing the audience to inspect the bottle to make sure it wasn't fake. To pad out the article, there were some more credible claims in there, like being able to talk to the dead, you know, typical stuff we still have today. Needless to say, interest in these impossible displays was very high, and tickets sold out. On the day of the event, every seat in the theatre was filled, and even the standing space was crowded. As the crowd eagerly waited, nothing happened. No performer turned up, and people got antsy. A theatre representative finally got on stage and announced that if the performer didn't arrive within 15 minutes, all the money would be refunded. This didn't go down very well. And it didn't take long for a riot to break out in response to the no-show. Someone lobbed a candle on the stage, and shit went sideways. Everything that wasn't securely attached in the theatre was taken outside and burnt on an impromptu bonfire. The best part, though, is the response to all this mayhem was to double down and advertise even more crazy performances, with one advertiser introducing the most wonderful and surprising Dr. Benimbe Zamanpawango, oculist and body surgeon to Emperor Monoimungi. They claimed the good doctor would replace a spectator's eyeballs back into their eye sockets after the spectator had removed them. They were also offering to clean a spectator's bowels and replace them with the least amount of pain possible. Again, only after the spectator had done the heavy lifting of removing their own bowels. In recent times though, I think we've cooled down on our approach to pranks and hijinks, limiting ourselves to just one day of the year, April Fool's Day, which though a good decision to make, does now make it a lot harder to get an appointment with a doctor like Benimbe Zaman. Wango. Is, is that voice okay? I, I was going to say, is, is that okay? <laughs> why isn't it okay? That's, that's my showman voice. Oh, okay. I thought you were doing Is that like, what that was? Right, yeah, no, okay, that's, so. fine, that's okay. fine. I'll, 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 I'll make sure to point that out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, you can have a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Did it really sound bad? No, it, I... it, it felt a bit like a Gina Yashere stand-up routine. <laughs> but it stands to reason that someone who is stupid enough to think that someone could jump in a bottle would also be the sort of type of person to get so irate as to start an absolute fucking bonfire because you didn't get to see it. Well, well no, to, start but... a, to clean up the mess afterwards, um, somebody posted something in the paper saying, oh, well, you see what happened was on his way over, somebody paid him five quid to jump in a bottle of theirs. And once he jumped in they put a cork in it so he couldn't get to the show you know otherwise he totally would have turned up <laughs> like I mean, jesus wait what jesus jumped into bottles oh, no he mate. would be there <laughs> to jump into our hearts well, the thing was back then as well you had weird um like not vaudeville what was it called yeah music hall sort of turns who would come out and just do weird weird stuff like i've seen video footage of this this man and woman wife couple he's like a big burly chested fellow and he would lie down and she would just do backflips onto his tummy over and over again and i'm like this is entertaining but but people would pay to come and watch this. It was a variety. It was a variety act. Oh yeah, there so you no tell me about them, was there? You'd get you'd get three minutes on <laughs> you'd stage. Find your you'd kick get, somewhere. You'd, yeah, you'd get half a half a crown each for showing up or whatever. I mean, shit. People used to go to hangings because there was nothing else to do. Exactly. So. But yeah, uh, I, I did read upon this, and I was like, "Ooh, that is quite good." There was also like in London's chocolate shops, which were like not as fancy as the animals. You'd drink hot chocolate, and only the rich could afford it, and they would make ridiculous wages in there as well. And it was like one of them, they, they brought a tramp in from the outside, an actual tramp, not a man dressed up as a tramp, and like fed him all this food where, and to see whether he would live or die. And they put like 50 grand on this each and stuff. He died. Uh, but they were, they were just rich, bored people with nothing better to do. And it's the same with the bottle people. It was like trading places. They were just rich, bored men with nothing better to do than fuck with poor people. Yeah. God, man, some things it's, never change. Uh, it's funny that no. you mentioned clickbait before, because this is the most clickbait story ever. Someone was promised something so amazing, <laughs> and then it ultimately just turned out to be absolute shit. Number seven will page shock 11. you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, full page ads. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I want to see what this actor looks like now. Oh, he yeah. looks sad. Always <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, the same. Well, that's definitely 10 hams. Woohoo! It had everything an emotional roller coaster. Andy said twat. I did. And he said, say twat. I'll squeeze that in somehow. So I guess Chucky is today's Chuck- winner. So well done. Yay, Chucky. Jen, thanks very much for joining us. She'll also be joining us for the next couple of episodes, so keep an ear out for them. Make sure you check out what I had heard was, and make sure to follow us on Twitter at WeirdThingPod. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode. <laughs>